We found ourselves in an historic time, but it's not exactly the kind of history we dream to be a part of. We find ourselves in the midst of one of the most significant pandemics in history with a virus more contagious than anything we've seen in a very long time, one of which still confuses scientists and really confuses regular people. It has its origins in China in the wet markets, and it has spread all over the world. One of the places it's hit the hardest is the United States. We have the highest confirmed and active cases by a massive margin, the largest amount of deaths, both total and per day, and all the while we're bombarded by nothing but bad news from the virus and from so many people's bad behaviors regarding the virus. All that said, mental health issues are on the rise. A broad body of research links social isolation and loneliness to poor mental health. And recent data shows that significantly higher shares of people who are sheltering in place, 47%, reported negative mental health effects resulting from worry or stress related to the coronavirus than among those not sheltering in place, 37%. I'm going to pause. Those numbers are probably different. I started writing this not right now, so those numbers have probably changed a bit with everything opening up. Uh, Negative mental health effects due to social isolation may be particularly pronounced among older adults and households with adolescents, as these groups are already at risk for depression or suicidal ideation. Research shows that job loss is associated with increased depression, anxiety, distress, and low self-esteem and may lead to higher rates of substance use disorder and suicide. Recent polling data shows that more than half of the people who lost income or employment reported negative mental health impacts from worry or stress over coronavirus and lower income people report higher rates of major negative mental health impacts compared to higher income people. Hey, all. Long time no see. Uh, I honestly thought I would be coming back to you sooner than this, but I underestimated the sheer level of doom and dread COVID-19 has given me and our little family at home. It's made every aspect of life terrifying. Amanda is a respiratory therapist at a long-term care facility, and she works with very severe respiratory cases of all kinds, which means her bringing in one of the most aggressive and deadly respiratory diseases known to man into work not could but will kill many people. So taking risks with catching COVID is just not something we can do, and that means we're in an extended lockdown. As, lo- uh, as long as it is a heavy concern, which it still very much is, and is getting even more so by the day. Mostly attributing to the opening up of states way too early, because too many people have demanded it to be so, with no regard to public health. But my anger aside, we still remain in lockdown. Now let me tell you, that is not something that our 12-year-old is handling very well. She's already an only child, which means her entire social system is built around school and her friends which means she's been pretty out of touch now that both school has been out and she can't go see her friends, nor can they come see her. I learned a lesson so far that, as much as a hermit as I am, I still do rely a lot on of my mental well-being on the ability to spend time with people who don't live in our house. So how do we keep our health in check while in lockdown, especially mental health? Well, we're all struggling to do that. But let's take a crack at talking about what I think has been helping and talk about some things more educated people than I have been suggesting. Off we go.
Welcome to the Darkest Corner Podcast, brought to you by the Pants Pending Studios. I'm your host and story sharer, Andrew, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Between COVID-19 and the fury the nation is collectively experiencing over the brutal murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and more, before, and still more happening, the collective country's mental health is a disaster. Speaking personally, mine is off the charts. I am currently manically depressed, what I call manic lows. It's what my mood stabilizer does its very best to help make not so bad, but this one's a lot deeper and lower than it has been in a very long time because the trigger itself was twofold and it's ongoing. Most triggers are brief and this trigger hasn't ended, and that's only my personal experience. That actually has a lot to do why I sound, I don't want to use the word chipper, but I, I'm more energetic and, and, and rambly and, and, and here and chuckly sometimes inappropriately. I'm in a place which makes turning on Darkest Corner voice really hard, which is actually a lot of the reasons why I have been putting out uh, episodes too, just because it's hard to, it's hard to be serious when I need to be serious, if that makes sense. Even though I'm being serious, it doesn't sound like I'm, yeah, I don't know. There are countless people experiencing that and worse right now. It's devastating. We're not here to talk about the systemic racism, the murders that once again drew the country's collective attention to it, for better or worse, or rant angrily about the insane amount of people who are just flat, well, let's just say dumb since this is a clean show. I just have a real hard time not driving everything I talk about into that category because it needs to be talked about, fought against, disrupted for until the problem itself ceases to exist and people who are responsible to be punished and removed from their places of power. And yes, that goes for the orange tyrant in chief as well. So I will say for now, Black Lives Matter and I will move on. Anyway, so my mental health is a mess and chances are yours is too. One way or the other. So what the heck can we do about it? Well, I'm sure it comes to no surprise to anyone that there's nothing we can do to stop all of it and be smiling from morning to night. That's just not life, but there are things that we can do to help things along. First, I'm going to list off some things that I've found helpful myself. Like, I have found that playing video games is pretty solid distraction therapy, which if not abused is quite helpful. Obviously, going too hard and sacrificing your time in other important places to keep the distraction going makes it a steep turn into detrimental. So budget your time, pick a game that distracts, even if it's a tough game. I mean, I played through a game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a very difficult, action-packed, stressful game, and have moved back to finish another game I started, loved, and forgot to finish, and it too is difficult and stressful. And the break from life stress to the stress of saving lives as a person with superpowers is, is a nice shift. And at the same time, I play Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Nintendo Switch probably too much, and that's a different kind of game. Very relaxed, no stress, no action, just calm disconnection, building life, that. But again, too much is not good. Staying active, whether that's going on walks where you avoid going near people, treadmills, or vigorously cleaning or landscaping around your house, keeping your heart rate up as a response to actual physical exertion is a lot, lot, lot better for the body and the mind than the increased heart rate of anxiety and stress. Stay connected to other people. Fight against sliding into your mind and staying seated in there alone. Uh, keep 
reaching out to friends and family electronically or either with phone calls, texts, video calls, all those things. Just make sure you get permission to voice or video call someone because, you know, don't call me. I hate phone calls. Amanda has a weekly scheduled group video chat she does with her gal pals to keep in touch with them where they set time aside to be with each other, make plans for crafts they all plan to do, make jokes, play fun games with each other, laugh, all that. Like, I don't remember the exact situation it was, but one of their friends was having a, some sort of makeup crisis, I think, because she had no... she Maybe because she had no reason to put on her eyebrows or something. I don't remember. So, But the rest of them painted their faces all, like, crazy and wacky. It was a while back, and I have the worst memory for this stuff, but it was pretty funny. But it's just stupid things like that. Stay connected to people. You need it. They need it, too. Even if they look like they have everything together and in control, they probably don't. At least not fully. Okay, so yeah, that's that's the end of my list. I'm still struggling a lot. A lot of my issues have been way worse than normal through this. In some ways, even worse than when I was completely unmedicated. I'm pretty checked out emotionally. The only emotions I have now that I notice are anger, depression, anxiety, sarcasm... Let's hear what a medical professional, a doctor, has to say about healthy ways to spend lockdown and keep your health, both mental and physical, as good as possible. Now, I'm going to write these in my own words, but a little amount to the same tips. I don't want to accidentally run into plagiarism, even if I am just spreading words they wanted spread public anyway. Nutrition. Yeah, it's really important to eat right. It's also really difficult to do that right now. But there are ways to keep or add healthy things in your diet, even if it can't mean fresh fruits and vegetables due to the shortages. Canned or frozen fruits and veggies work great, and they do recommend 15 ounces of that spread throughout the day, which is a lot. But as long as you do your best to add in as much as you can, the added vitamins, minerals, fibers, and all the other good bits will help you a great deal in how you feel. Smoothies are great for this, actually. Amanda and the kiddo get frozen berries and fruits and blend up smoothies sometimes, and it's super healthy and super tasty. Sleep? Yep. That thing we all struggle with, no matter how tempted we get and how often we give in to stay up late or sleep in late, it's much healthier for mind and body to keep a regular sleep schedule. I struggle with this one a lot and need to do a better job of sticking to it. The, the idea is using force, both at night and in the morning. The harder the fight is to do it voluntarily, the more you just have to force it. I need to be getting into bed at 10 and putting my phone in its charging dock by 10.30 so I can tuck in and go to sleep, and lately that's been a struggle. I just need to force myself to do it, uh, even if it means sitting there awake for a long time waiting. Getting up early right now just doesn't seem worth it, but every time I've done so, I've been very productive and motivated compared to when I let myself stay in bed longer. So set alarms if you don't already wake up naturally, but either way, get out of bed early. I have a bad habit now of waking up, which I do naturally early, and either letting myself fall back to sleep like all the other wake-ups throughout the night, or I grab the Nintendo and play a video game from bed, which keeps me there longer. That hasn't really been good, because my days following that habit are usually just playing more games and being resentful of doing much else. So just get up. Have a set routine in the mornings. When I get out of bed, I have a very regular routine. I get up, I hit the kitchen, 
mix up my Metamucil Miralax morning, morning smoothie. Long story to why that I'm not going to get into today because I've already been here too long as it is. Anyway, hit the bathroom for those usual ablutions. Tell Google good morning so she turns on all the things and tells me what the day is going to look like. Feed the fish, check the dog's food and water, grab my caffeine source for the day, and make my English muffin for breakfast. I don't always do that last part, but I should be because of, you know, the whole nutrition thing. It's a struggle that helps me know exactly what I'm doing when I stand up, and as mundane as it is, it's something to look forward to. Anytime I have to do something outside of that routine or in a different order or something, it just feels off. The final two big things the doc recommends is controlling stress and physical activity. I, I pushed the keeping physical at the beginning, so we match up there. But controlling stress is kind of the great joke when it comes to depression and anxiety. But there are things you can do to mitigate some of it. Distraction therapy like games, like I mentioned, can help. Spending time outside, even if it's only on a balcony or backyard, can help. Whether it's, it's you know, everybody talks about the vitamin D, but sometimes it's just being out there and seeing that the world isn't just those four walls and that box we're all imprisoned in right now. Putting your phone and your screens down and living in the moment can help. Disconnecting yourself from that feed. Play board games with your housemates or family. Surprisingly uh, cathartic, uh, even if it's something like Yahtzee or Farkle like our kiddo's doing. Mindfulness meditations are wonderful, trust me. I'm one of the folks that thought meditation was a huge joke until I allowed myself to experience it and participate, and I was very shocked to see how effective it can be to lowering stress and its effect on the body, and I do plan on actually working up a production and re remaking one that I have, an audio, uh, a thing you can listen to, to guided mindfulness meditations. And the doctor who made it gave me permission to do this. But I'm working on turning that into a thing that I can give you guys so that you can try it yourselves without having to do, well, research. <laughs> Start or stay in counseling, even though that means doing so over video chats and phone calls. Try BetterHelp.com or one of those methods for people who don't already have a counselor or insurance. And there's so much more, but I'm also very interested in, to hear what you guys do to control stress. Uh, comment on our social media, send us a message, email us, just let us know your tricks for keeping things in check. We can never have too many tools at our disposal, and I would love to share that with other people as well. I, I hope you found this episode helpful in some way. I struggle to think, write, and create in a short, coherent way right now, so this whole episode felt like one of my rambling, confusing, frantic walls of text I send people when I get too deeply inside of a thought. And if it was, I apologize. I, I hope the next one is better. But if it helped, that's all I can ask for. Either way, thanks for listening to The Darkest Corner. I hope to return to you sooner rather than later, and I really appreciate those of you who come back to tune into these episodes when I do get them out to you. If you'd like to share your story on the show, please write to me at pantspinningstudios at gmail.com. And for now, let us all stand together. Let us stand up for one another. Keep each other held high, and we'll get through this.
The Darkest Corner is a Pants Pending Studio production. And part of the Pants Pending Studios Entertainment Network. Find all of our great shows at pantspending.com. Get in touch with us by emailing us from pantspending.com or find us at Pants Pending on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show, throw the show a rating on iTunes, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to help support the network, you can at patreon.com slash pantspending. Thanks for making us a part of your listening day. Pants Pants Pending. Pending.